he exaggerates. I'm really not that great of a guy. But, uh, but hey, you know, keep it coming, huh? you know. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm blessed to be here, and I'm blessed to be Joe Calloway's friend. There's, uh, there's a lot of guys that, uh, that say they're a friend, but Pastor Joe is the real deal. He genuinely loves, he values friendship, he values you. And it, uh, it does my good, my heart good to know somebody who's real, who's authentic, who just basically will shoot from the hip if you'll allow me a cowboy or police reference. I, mean, I am a former cop. I was a detective and a SWAT team member. But, uh, but Pastor Joe is a very, very special uh, pastor, and uh, you guys are a very, very special church, and you need to give your pastors, Pastor Joe and Pastor Tammy and Pastor Fred and Pastor Mike and Pat, you guys have a lot of pastors here. You're like, you're like, <laughs> you're like the oasis in Nashville where I'm from, but give your pastors a hand. You have a fantastic, fantastic staff. I've been honored by you guys in years past and now. I have rejoiced with you in great seasons, and I have wept with you in more recent seasons. I want you guys to know that I love you, and Grace Walk Church definitely has my heart. Uh, when I was going through a season in my life uh, where there wasn't a whole lot of people that were extending a hand of friendship or uh, any kind of trust or relationship, Pastor Joe was one of those people who did. And I can say that I'm in ministry today because of those kinds of relationships, uh, those people that were willing to believe in me in a time when I wasn't even sure if I believed in myself. So uh, I, uh, I'm blessed, and I love you guys. All right, enough of that sappy stuff before I get all choked up. It's good to have my wife here today and my son, Rocky, who was making fun of me first service. He's eight years old. If you follow me on social networks, uh, you've seen pictures of Rocky. Uh, if you don't follow me on social networks, you should. Um, I'll keep you laughing, and uh, we, we have lots of fun on my Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and different things. But Rocky comes up after first service, and he's laughing. I mean, just cracking up. And the kid's got my sense of humor, so I could just imagine what was going through his head. But he says to me, he says, Daddy, when you were preaching last service, and, and mind you, my wife and my son don't get to come with me very often to events, so it's really, really special to have them here. But he says, you were making all kinds of funny faces. You were like, <laughs> leave it to your son to call you out and Pastor Joe to call you weird. But uh, anyway, I am weird. I own it. It's all right. All right. So uh, Forrest Gump goes to heaven. And uh, standing at the pearly gates, St. Peter confronts him and says, Forrest, he's got a country accent because St. Peter was from Nashville. He said, he said, Forrest, walk with me, walk with me, grace walk, grace walk. Give me some grace and walk with me. All right. He said, Forrest, I'll let you come in if you can answer three questions because we all know that's how it goes, right? When you get to heaven, you got to answer three questions or you can't get in, right? That's a, okay, no, it's not how it goes. So Forrest, so Forrest said, okay. He said, first question. It's an easy one, Forrest. Just name two days of the week that start with a T. Forrest said, well, 
today and tomorrow. (laughs) Peter said, all right, I'll give you that one. (laughs) I'll give you that one, Forrest. He says, but we're going to make it a little bit harder for the next one. He said, Forrest, how many seconds are in a year? Twelve. He said, twelve? Twelve? How do you figure twelve? He said, January 2nd, February 2nd, March 2nd, April 2nd. Peter goes, Forrest, you are a strange cat, but I got to give you that one too. I didn't didn't think of it that way. All right, you're two for two. I'm going to ask you a third question, and nobody's ever got this answer right, and I'll be honest with you, I just want to hear what you got to say. What's God's first name? And he said, oh, that's an easy one, Andy. He said, Andy, what in the, what? He said, I heard it in a song, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he. You got to have a little church history to know that one. You got to be able to go back to open up the hymnals, but I grew up in the church, so. Sometimes the lenses that we've been taught to view things through alter our perspectives. Forrest wasn't wrong. He just saw things through different lenses. Understand, as a police officer, I myself had to experience some things and view life through different lenses. I actually understand God better because I was a cop. You see, as a law enforcement officer, I walked in one day a civilian. I had as much power as anybody else in the world. But when I walked out after being commissioned by the sheriff, the sheriff gave me a badge, he gave me a gun, and with those two things, I had the authority to enforce the laws of the state of Tennessee as much as he did. I didn't have to call the sheriff when I had to make an arrest. If I caught somebody drunk driving, I didn't have to call him and say, what do I need to do? I had been commissioned, and I could do whatever he did with the same level of authority that he had. And you see, guys, as ambassadors of the kingdom of God, you have that same authority. You see, Jesus, he was just about to go on to heaven, and he looked at the disciples, and he said, to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he said, cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead. Freely you have received, freely give. We are joint heirs with Christ. Christ, when he died on the cross, He came, the Bible says he came to restore that which was lost. A lot of people quote that scripture and they say that Jesus came to restore those who were lost. And all those are a part of that, that is not what it was talking about. The that that Christ restored was the authority 
that man submitted to the kingdom of sin. I carried the same authority as the sheriff. You carry the same authority as Jesus Christ. You see, the Bible says that as he is, so are we in this world. We're not waiting to go to heaven to have the authority of heaven. Actually, our commission is to bring heaven to every place we see hell in the earth. I'm going to speak today on the valley of dry bones. As a matter of fact, if, if I were going to title the sermon, it would be Speak to the Dry Bones. Looking down here, I got a book for sale. Put it out last, last year. It's called Quantum Christianity, Believe Again. It's a good book. Buy it if you want to. Also have these little USB hard drives out there at the back table. Almost forgot I was asked to tell you guys about them. Plugs in. You can download your audio. Anybody, uh, anybody computer savvy in here? There you go, right there in the front row. Okay. Speak to the dry bones. I couldn't sleep last night. Every time that I woke up, and I woke up many, many times throughout the evening, every time that I woke up, I was hearing a song that I heard when I was a kid replaying in my head. I think maybe I was in a, just a state of worship while I was sleeping. I don't know. I, I, but every time that I woke up, I heard, uh, I anticipate the inevitable supernatural intervention of God. I expect a miracle. It was a song that I learned as a kid, as an eight-year-old. I anticipate the inevitable supernatural intervention of God. I expect a miracle. I and I'm waking up every single time I woke up. And I woke up multiple times last night, and this song is playing over and over in my head. You see, last night we had a great service here. We saw a lot of people healed. This morning, the, during first service, I don't know how many we had. We Probably 20, 20, 20 or 25 people at least raised their hand and said they experienced a healing in that service. I believe that God is here to meet our needs. I believe he cares about those things that concern us. And I, today, anticipate the inevitable supernatural intervention of God on our behalf, on your behalf, I believe that miracles are going to take place in this sermon. I believe by the end of this service there's going to be lives that are healed. I believe that bondages are going to be broken over families. I believe that there's going to be some restoration. I believe that some of those things that, that have been sown in the silent times, those tears that have been sown. You know, Pastor Joe here a few minutes ago was talking about uh, sowing seed and, and seeing a financial blessing. You see, that is a biblical concept. Seed, time, and harvest. The Bible says in Genesis, as long as the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest. There is a time of sowing. There is a time of, of reaping. But what you sow, but don't, don't be deceived. God's not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Some of you have sown some tears. Some of you have sown some, some prayers. Some of you have sown some things in the silent times of your life, and you haven't seen that harvest break through, but I'm here to tell you today, I believe that God is beginning to water, that he's nurturing those seeds, and that there's going to be a breakthrough for you even today. The miraculous is upon us. We serve a big God, a mighty God. I read a statistic recently. I'm a science nut. Love it. And there are more stars in the universe than grains of sand on the entire earth. I'm not talking about a beach. You guys live in the desert. 
there are more stars. There are somewhere between uh, 30 sextillion and a septillion stars in our universe. There's not even half that in grains of sand on the earth. That's a big God. So when we can, when, when the Bible says that we can approach his throne boldly as children created in his image, guys, that should paint a, a picture that is much bigger than a guy sitting on a seat. You, you understand what I'm saying? When we, when we can go to God and call ourselves his child, that should paint a picture that's a whole lot bigger than me sitting on a chair and somebody coming and kneeling down at my feet. We serve a huge God, a God who with an idea can create 30 sextillion to a septillion stars. I don't even know what, goodness gracious. Somebody said, only God should judge me. That, only God could judge me. That should scare you. Only God can judge me. I see the tattoos all the time. Only God can judge me. Yeah, you, you shouldn't be so lax about that. That's a big God. All right, I digress. Ezekiel chapter 37. I like this scripture. This scripture jumped out to me this past week and got me excited. So if I start making faces like my son was making fun of, just uh, roll with it. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley, and it was full of bones. Now, this is Ezekiel, a prophet, and he's having a vision from the Lord, okay? He caused me to pass among them round about, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and lo, they were very dry. Say very dry. He said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, oh Lord, God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you, that you may come to life, and I will put sinews on you and make flesh grow back on you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and make you come alive, and you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, Ezekiel says. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, sinews were on them, and flesh grew and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. I didn't notice this before. This just jumped out to me as I was reading. God tells Ezekiel, thus says the Lord, behold, I will cause breath to enter you and I will put sinews on you and make flesh. And he's, he prophesied all of this stuff and everything happened except the breath of God. In that moment, they had everything but the breath. They had 75%, 85% of the full breakthrough was accomplished, but it wasn't all there yet. It was almost there, but it wasn't quite there. How many have ever been in that season? You're almost there. you almost receiving the breakthrough, but just not quite there. In Ezekiel, he was already prophesying, and the things were lining up, but there was still no life. And what does he go on to do? Then he said to me, reminded him, prophesy to the breath prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may come to life. So I prophesied. You see, God had already spoken that to him. 
And then he spoke it to him again, and he said, prophesy, say that, Ezekiel. And so I prophesied, and breath came into them, and they came to life, and they stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. I know that some of you here today have got some dreams, dreams that you've had since you were a child. Dreams that, you've, that, that have held you through the, the night whenever you've had those nights that were uh, tear-filled and, you, and, you, and you, you cried yourself to sleep. There were dreams that, that caused you to hold on and to hang on to hope for just a little bit longer. But those dreams haven't yet been fulfilled. I'm here to tell you that God placed those dreams in you. He gave you those dreams. He wants you to accomplish. He started the good work in you, and he's faithful to complete it. But he's waiting for you to agree with him. He's waiting for you to stand upon his word. He's waiting for you to prophesy. God says to Ezekiel, Pastor Joe, he says, Son of man, can these bones live? I'm here to tell you that God never asks a question that he doesn't know the answer to. When he asked Ezekiel that question, can these bones live? He was looking for an agreement. He was looking for an extension of faith. He was looking for a belief. He was looking for something that he could use because faith is a force. It's as real as gravity, folks. And he was looking for that agreement, and as Ezekiel extended that agreement, and then agreed with it with his words, things began to take place. The dream began to come into being. Those things that were broken, those things that were dried up, those things that had been, and and they had life at one time, didn't they? We're talking about bones. At one time, they represented something that was alive and flourishing and, and was doing great, but something along the road killed that dream, didn't it? Something along the road killed what was going on, and it, was, and it dried up. And God said, just because it's dead doesn't mean it's over. We can speak to the circumstances. We can speak to the situations. We can speak to those dreams. We can declare the word of the Lord, and we can breathe new life into things that may have otherwise been dried up and dead. Son of man, can these bones live? A few years ago, I had a vision, if you will. I was looking in a mirror, and I'd just come off an extended fast, and, and I literally heard the voice of the Holy Spirit say, what do you see? And it startled me. I wasn't expecting it. I was eating a yogurt. <laughs> I was not expecting the Holy Spirit to speak to me. I threw the yogurt down, and I looked back in the mirror. And I heard it again, what do you see? And I said, I see nothing. And the Holy Spirit looked, the Holy Spirit said to me, then you'll hear nothing. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute, no, 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 wait. Okay, let's try this again. I see Aaron Davis, and I just, hey, it's just obvious, standing in front of me. I see Aaron Davis, the son of Lawrence Davis, the son of of Lawrence Davis Sr., and as I started to declare legacy, it was as if if I went somewhere else. The tunnel vision entered into some other place, and I saw these people who who represented, they were my relatives, but they represented a legacy. They were called of God. They, they They themselves had a vision. They themselves had a dream, and I was part of that legacy, and as I was watching it take place, there was a young man there that I didn't know but he was sitting on the front row this morning. Sorry. 
I didn't know who he was. It was before my son was born. But I'm seeing this, and then all of a sudden I see myself running through flames, fire up over my head, and I'm running through it, and I could see these hands reaching out, and I was reaching in, I was grabbing these hands out, grabbing these hands out and throwing them out of the fire. And, and, and after it was all over, I came back to myself, and I was like, what in the world? And people said, oh, Aaron, that's great. You know, you're snatching people from hell. And I was like, maybe. But I think it's more than that. Because as an ambassador of the kingdom of God, I'm called to bring heaven to every place I see hell in this earth. You see, people are dealing with some, some issues. They've got some dreams that have been dried up. They've got some, some problems that have caused them to not be able to, uh, to, to progress in their own lives. Hell, in, of, in their own circumstances, has encompassed them and has engrossed them, and they're, and they're struggling even to make it. Some don't even know if they're going to make it through the day. But you see, I've been given a call. You have been given a call. We have been commissioned by the almighty God, the God of the universe, the 36 trillion to a septillion star God, to take that authority as representatives and ambassadors of his kingdom to every place that we see hell. That's why he said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. It wasn't even a, it wasn't even a question. Then he said, freely you have received, freely give. We have been deposited. We've had deposited in us the authority of Almighty God. And He's waiting for us to do something with it. Son of Man. I love that God keeps calling Him Son of Man in this scripture. You know who else they called the Son of Man? Jesus. Fully God and fully man. He said, Son of Man. Can these bones live? The importance of being the son of man is that man had been given the authority in the earth. Genesis 1, 26 and 27 and 28 says, let us make man in our image, God talking, according to our likeness. That's pretty interesting. Let's just think about that for a second. God, the God of the universe says, let's make him in our likeness. Hmm. Okay. And let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creepy thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Blessed them and said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Say and subdue it. And rule over it. Over every living thing that moves on the earth. Psalms 115.16 says the heavens are the Lord's. But the earth he is given to the sons of men. Matthew 28, Matthew 8, 28 and 29 tells a story of Jesus going into basically a graveyard in, in the Gadarenes, and there's these two men that were tormented. They were they called the demoniacs. They were demon possessed, and they would they would just beat the tar out of everybody that came through there. And Jesus walks in, and these demon-possessed men come running to him, and they look at him, and one of them says to him, Jesus, son of the most high God, have you come to, more, to, to, have you come to torment us before the time? Have you come to torment us before the time? They didn't call him the son of man. They called him the son of God, which I find very, very interesting. A lot of times we think that the demons are just going, they're just declaring who the Lord is and, and they're scared to death. I don't know if that's the case. 
I think that maybe they were questioning his authority to be there at a time that, was sim- that, that seemed before the time that both Jesus would have understood and the demons would have understood that they had to do their thing. You see, man gave authority to Satan in the garden. He gave his authority over to the kingdom of sin. Now these demons are looking at him and saying, hey, we, we've got a right to be here, but son of God, what right do you have? Jesus said, oh, no, 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 no. I came through the portal of a woman. I have a legal right to be here, and I am untouched by sin. I have full authority because the thing that, 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 that kept man from exercising authority or from being the, the fullness of the authority that God had given him was that sin, he had given that authority over to sin, but Jesus was untouched by sin. So in essence, he had all of the authority that man had. Remember, the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he had given to the sons of man. A lot of people don't think about this, but, but you know, we're sitting around and we're waiting for God to do something. We're waiting for him to do something. But is it possible that he's waiting on us to do something? Let me help you, let me help you make, make sense of this. The heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he gave to the sons of man. If I gave Pastor Joe a car, let's, let's make it a motorcycle. If I gave Pastor Joe a motorcycle, gave him the keys, signed over the title, then I have given it to him, correct? At that point, what legal right do I have to go into his garage and ride his bike. Why not? It's his. Now, here's the thing. We know that God is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. We know that with a breath, he could evaporate the earth. But there's something about this time in history We've got, a, we've got a, a, a universe that's billions of years old. But there's something about this time frame that he has placed man, gave them his name, created them in his image, gave them his authority. There's something about this time frame that he was willing actually to step back in his omnipotence and say, I could but I give it to you. I've given you the keys. Now, the cool thing about God is that he's also given us his name. He redeemed everything. He's given us his power. We're joint heirs with Christ. As Christ is, so are we in this world. So we're not helpless. But he's given us this authority to to execute his power. And he's had to take a step back. It doesn't negate the fact that he's all-powerful. It doesn't negate the fact that he is omnipotent. He is just as powerful today as he was 7,000 years ago before man was even created. But there's something about this period of time when he created us. I don't know what he's doing with us. I don't know why he's doing it. I don't know what he has planned in eternity. But for some reason, there's this period of time where he said, the heavens are mine, but I give this marble (laughs) in the middle of this universe to them. And I give them my name. I give them my power. Now let's do something. Something else that's really interesting is he placed the devil on the same marble. Think about that. He intended for us, those created in his image, to subject the enemy and put him under our feet. 
But so many times we're just waiting for God. Sometimes we pray about something and God just deposit the things into our lives. And sometimes, sometimes he gives us a vision. Sometimes he just answers the prayer. But sometimes he gives us a promise. Sometimes he gives us a vision. Sometimes he gives us something to shoot towards. And our job in that moment becomes to be a co-laborer with him, to place our agreement with, with, with him in his word, and to be an ambassador of his kingdom to see the manifestation of what he has promised brought into physicality. We actually have a job. Many of us are waiting for God to do something, and I really believe that God's saying, listen, I've given you all the tools. We're asking God, drive me on the motorcycle. Take me for a ride, God. And God's saying, listen, I gave you the keys. I bought the bike. You've got everything you need. Now go eat up the road. And I think that that's, what the, that, that that's what's happening with us spiritually. God spoke to Job and he said, declare a thing and it'll be established. Jesus said, speak to the mountain and it will move and be cast to the sea if you believe and don't doubt. Psalms 103.20 says that the angels respond to the word to his word and the voice of his word. I think a lot of times when, uh, when, when we think about angels and God, we think God speaks something and the angels just go to act, and that's true. But when I read this scripture, I was a little bit confused. What does that mean, the voice of his word? I think sometimes that, that the Holy Spirit, just like he was speaking with Ezekiel, the Holy Spirit speaks something to our hearts. And it's just private. It's between me and him. He gives me a vision. He gives me a promise. He says, Aaron, don't give up. I've got this. I'm going to help you through this. I'm going to give you the strength. I'm going to give you the peace. And we, we get this affirming thing in our spirits that's just between me and him, our father-son relationship. And then we speak those things like, like he, did, he, he spoke to uh, Ezekiel and told him to declare prophesy, speak, son of man, to your circumstances. And when we, when we speak, the angels respond to the voice of his word. You see, he speaks something into our spirits, and then when we echo it, they respond as the voice of God is speaking through us, and we prophesy on his half. There's some power there in that, folks. When we consider that, as we consider declare a thing and it shall be established and speak to the mountain and it'll be moved, when we think about these kinds of things in the Bible, when we think about these kinds of, of, of uh, uh, examples and relationships and then, and then hear that God says that the angels respond to the voice of his word, maybe there's something to this thing. Maybe there's something to it. Many will say, well, I prayed and nothing happened, so it must just be God's will. I don't see that in the Bible. I don't, I don't negate or question your circumstance. I've had some things in my life that have happened that I don't believe should have happened, that didn't line up with the word of God, and I don't understand it fully. I don't, I don't diminish your experience. I don't deny your experience. I deny that it's right. I'm not willing to, to, to rewrite my theology to accommodate my tragedy. The word of God is truth in spite of my circumstances. Now, ask yourself if this is possible. Is it possible that we are in pursuit of righteousness, that we're going from faith to faith, that we are, we're seeking God, and as we seek him, he's leading us and he's guiding us and he's directing our paths. But is it possible that we don't know everything yet? 
Is it possible that we, that we may be in pursuit of some things that maybe somewhere down the road we'll have a better understanding of what faith looks like and how, is it possible that we don't know everything? Can we pursue the answers in spite of maybe some of the setbacks? We can. The question is, will we? The Bible says that God works everything together for our good. That doesn't mean that everything that happens is his will. Maybe God's just not content to allow tragedy to be the last word in our lives. I think it's possible that you may be looking at your life and seeing a lot of dry bones. I know I've gone through seasons like that. You're looking at things that used to be very alive. Maybe that relationship has died. Maybe that, uh, maybe that dream has died. Maybe the job disappeared and the provision isn't there anymore. And you're looking at things and you, as you look around your life, you're going, man, I've just got a, just a whole lot of dry bones. A lot of things that used to represent a lot of life now are just sitting here dead. And I'm wondering if maybe... Perhaps God is speaking today and he's saying, son of man, can these bones live? Son of man, can these bones live? And as we place our agreement, surely you know, Lord, you wouldn't be asking the question that you didn't have the answer for. Surely you know. Prophesy to the bones, son of man. Take the authority that I have given you and speak to those circumstances. Speak life into that relationship. Speak life into that daughter who, who is addicted to meth. Speak life into that husband who's strung out on dope, who's been, uh, who's been on, on a dr in a drunken stupor for a month. Speak life into those children who have been dealing with so many difficult circumstances. Uh, speak life, declare, prophesy. What does the word of the Lord say? What was the vision that I gave you in, those, in that time before you went through the difficult times? What, did I, what was the the picture that I painted for you to help you through, to get through those difficult times. Speak life. Speak towards those things. Prophesy, son of man. Speak the word of the Lord. What does God say about your circumstances? He says that you're the head and not the tail, so we don't need to be claiming that we're defeated. He says we're above and not beneath. He says that we are the righteousness of God. That means we are in right standing with God. We don't have to, to look at our lives and the screw-ups that we made yesterday. We can speak to the destiny of tomorrow and say, God has called me to more, therefore I will be more. We can declare a thing and see it established, but you see how you see you matters. What do you see? I see nothing. Then you'll hear nothing. And if you hear nothing, then you may have nothing to prophesy. Do you see what I'm saying here? It's important how you see you. It's important how you see him. What you visualize, you'll become. There's power in that. God has given you his word. He's still a loving father who cares about that which concerns you. There may be some things that have happened yesterday that we do not understand. We still pursue him with tenacity for today and tomorrow. We believe that if there's some things that were out of alignment that, didn't, that, that caused things, sometimes we lose battles and we don't know why. It's time to go back to the drawing board. What did I miss, God? Because your word is truth in spite of my circumstances. You are the God of the universe. Romans 1.17 says righteousness is revealed from faith. 
to faith, through the extension of faith. Guys, I, I see people healed miraculously in meetings all over the place whenever I go and speak. Crazy miracles. Last time I was in Phoenix last year, I saw a deaf baby. Uh, ears opened up right there on the spot. We saw several people whose knees, knees were healed this morning. We saw people last night with back injuries healed. We saw hands go up literally all over the auditorium of people that were healed in the service last time. But I'm gonna tell you something. There was a season in my life when I prayed for people and nothing happened. Had I quit then, or had I based my prayer today on my experience yesterday, I question whether or not anybody would have experienced a miracle today. Not that it's all contingent upon me, but I was instrumental in sparking the faith that, was, that, that brought about healings in this room. Do you understand what I'm saying here? That was part of my calling, part of my gifting sparked the faith for people to be, to, to be healed in this room. But had I quit when things weren't working for me, I question whether or not that would have happened at all. People would have gone home hurting today. But you see, you and I have a job. We have a job to take the kingdom of God to every place we see hell in the earth. And it's high time, folks, that we begin to take that job seriously. We quit looking at yesterday and say it didn't work yesterday. I knocked yesterday and the door wasn't open. The Bible says knock and keep on knocking. Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking and you will find the door will be open to you. You see, folks, there has to be a pursuit there has to be a tenacity. There has to be a willingness to not give up, not throw in the towel, not quit. And if you're willing to pursue God, he ain't hiding from us. He's not hiding from us. He's not playing hide and seek. Let's pray. Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, I take authority over every enemy in the lives of people in this room today. Right now, in Jesus' name, I declare peace. I declare strength. I thank you, Lord, that each person in this room is called and has destiny in them. They have a purpose that you have created for them. No weapon formed against them prospers. Right now, in Jesus' name, I prophesy that. They may have gone through a season where it seemed like every weapon formed against them was prospering, but right now in the name of Jesus, we take that authority that you have given us and we declare today it stops. The enemy does not have a right to steal. He does not have a right to kill. He does not have a right to destroy, not on my watch, not on your watch. And we prophesy right now to those circumstances. We declare a thing and we see it established. We say no. You can't have our kids. No, you can't have our family. No, you can't have our health. Jesus purchased freedom. He purchased healing. He purchased deliverance. We stand in agreement and in authority with God's word right now in Jesus' name. The bondages are broken right now in Jesus' name. Freedom is yours in Jesus' name. If there's anybody here who's experienced, this is gonna sound really weird. If there's anybody here who's experiencing any pain in the bottom of their foot, I don't know if it's a planner's, planner's fasciitis thing or what it is, but there's, some, there's a, a foot issue. I felt it specifically in my left foot. If there's anybody who's experiencing that, raise your hand real quick. One, two, three, four, five, jeez. I thought that this was gonna be maybe one person, Pastor Joe. What I'd like for you to do right now in Jesus' name, give me just a second. I'd like for you to stand. Those of you who's, who's experiencing a, a, a pain in your foot. 
Those of you who see somebody standing around you right now, I just want you to place your hand on them. I'm going to tell you something. I'm not special. Just because I pray for people and they get healed, I'm not special. The same God of the universe that resides in me resides in you, and we are going to corporately, as the body of Christ, be the body of Christ right now. What I want for you to say, I want you to say this with me. I want you to say, pain go. Jesus' name. Right now in the name of Jesus, we declare that these foot issues, that the pain that's hurting in the bottoms of the feet right now, Lord God, that that's whatever it is that's causing this, whether it be ligaments, whether it be tendons, whether it be muscles, whether it be bone, whatever it is that's causing the pain, right now in the name of Jesus, we declare the pain goes and that these things, even at a, an atomic and subatomic level, are restructuring right now. If bones are broken, they're healed right now. If ligaments need to stretch and grow, right now they grow in Jesus' name. We declare that right now. Say, in Jesus' name. Pain go. Those of you who are standing right now, I want you to, 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 uh, to do something that you would have felt the pain a moment ago. How many of you have felt the pain go? Is the, how many is the pain gone? How many of you are still, yes, praise God. Praise God. Let's all stand together. If you're experiencing pain in any other capacity in your body right now, raise your hand. If you're feeling pain right now, in this moment, raise your hand. Those of you who are looking around right now, I want you to reach out and just touch those people. If you're close to them, just touch their shoulder, put your hand on their shoulder. Right now, in Jesus' name. Father God, we take that authority as the body of Christ. You told us to heal the sick. Right now, in Jesus' name, we utilize that authority as kings and priests of the most high God. We stand in that, man, I just felt that anointing hit me. My hands just started humming. Whew. Jesus' name, we command right now the pain to go. Say, pain, go. Healing, be established. Right now in Jesus' name. I command right now the, the ligaments, the bones, the muscles, the nerves. to, to even, even in the back, if there's some, some nerve issues in the back where things have been pinched, right now in Jesus' name, I command those nerves to become unpinched for there to be a, a healing that's established right now. If the, if the nerves need to be rerouted, let them be rerouted right now in Jesus' name. But at an atomic level, literally from a structuring, from you, you, you spoke a word and, and created the universe, God. You can fix these small issues in our bodies right now in Jesus' name. We command the pain goes. Strength right now enters the body. Healing is established right now in these bodies. Flow through those in their agreement right now who are praying with each one here. And Lord God, we thank you that you are our healer right now in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Those of you who just got prayed for, I want you to try to do something that you couldn't do before that would have, would have caused the pain. Anybody experience a healing? See those hands? I see the hands. Anybody? Pain's gone? Praise God. Praise God. He's a good God. Guys, I love you, and I thank you. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for having me. Pastor Joe, thank you so much for me, for allowing me to be here today. I love you, man. Thank you.